It's always interesting to me what brings people to Jesus. You got that come to Jesus moment? Um, I'm actually going to ask you. Some of you know what it was that, that worked in you to bring you to. Some of you, it's multiple different things on different levels. I'll tell you. I'll tell you mine in just a minute. One of mine. Um, but what about you? What 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 are what, what was your come like? What was the thing that were like this and came to Jesus? Maybe that's that's the time you came back to church, or maybe it was it, whatever it was going on. But anybody have any? Yeah. Health issue. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Did you have your hand up? Yeah. Mm. Mm, interesting. Th- let me now. Let me ask you this one. So there's there's that that moment. I want to take you, I want to take you back one step right before that. And ask you this: What was going on that pushed you to get to this moment? Like, what woke you up? Was there an event, something that happened that, that maybe first, and maybe you came to God for all the wrong reasons. You know that now. So you guys are, you guys are, are smart people. So sometimes you, you're answering two steps down the path. But let's think back to those first moments. Anybody would say, I'll tell you, what, this, this was the thing that was going on the, that first moment. Yeah. Good answers. Anybody else? What? And some of you that already answered once, t- take it one step back. What, was there an event? Like you mentioned sin in your life, or you mentioned these different things. What, and I, like, I, I think especially over here, these, these answers, right? Yeah. 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 
Did you have your hand up here? Mm. Yeah. Anybody else? I, I noticed there was a health one. Anybody else had, maybe it wasn't your health, but somebody else's health? Yeah. Ooh. Let's keep that crash and burn in mind, okay? Yeah. Angry. Angry at God. Good, yeah. Bethany, did you have? Anybody else want to throw anything in there? That's, I got to be honest, that was way better hearing all that than I thought it was going to be. But it, it's, it's true to our experience, is it not? That many times it's there. And I, I like that most of you, there was some version of crash and burn, right? There's some version of crash and burn in there that, that whether it was your own fault or somebody else's fault, or just this world we live in's fault, like you think of health things, or just whatever it was, there was some version of crash and burn 
that made you go, made you come to hear what this Jesus has to say about this mess, right? Uh, this is my final sermon af- out of Luke chapter 6, I promise. But we're only in Luke 6, so I still have a whole book to go through. This is sermon number 35. Um, I'm covering the last three verses of Luke chapter chapter 6, and as I've done every week, I've read through the sermon up to that point. Um, Maybe in the back of your mind, just on the little back burner somewhere, just keep in mind the the thing that maybe brought you to Jesus, to hear Jesus. Just keep that in mind as we read through. I'm going to read through this after I'm done reading through up to where we're at. I'm going to pray. Um... I've noticed a couple of you, you don't have to do this. I love it if you want to follow along. I've got the slides. You can follow along on the slides. Some of you follow along with your Bibles open. That's great. I've noticed a few of you as I'm reading, and I I don't know if this is why you're doing it, but I I, I know I've done this before. I've seen a few of you just close your eyes almost to try to, and I'm I'm guessing. I don't know if this is what you're, maybe you're sleepy. I just (laughs) But uh, I'm I'm thinking the best. Uh, Some of you, I think of, you're closing your eyes just to think, trying to picture, visualize Jesus standing there and saying these things, right? This is Jesus and trying to picture that. I think that's a great thing to do. Use it. That's, a, that's a great use of your imagination, just trying to imagine, maybe try to imagine a little wave. Maybe I should, you know, maybe it was close to the, the Sea of Galilee. Maybe I should get one of those soundtracks of the waves. But then some of you really would go to sleep, so that might not be good. All right, let me read through this. And when I'm done... Up to the end, we will pray together. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and Spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. 
And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give. And it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out that speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure, his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why do you call me? Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you. That's where we were last week, but the sermon does not end there. I'm going to go ahead and pray before we read these last three, and then we're going to break down these last three verses. Heavenly Father, I do thank you, God, for this day. I thank you for this teaching that Luke was careful to write down. I thank you that you preserved it throughout the centuries for us on the other side of the globe to read today. I ask now that they would do their work as the living word does. In Christ's name, I pray this. Amen. Verse 47. Listen carefully to what is said next. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them I will show you what he's like. Now, before we say what he's like, what are the three steps of this person that you see in this? What's, what's the first thing that they do? Come. What's the second thing? Hear. And what's the third thing? Do. Right? They do it. Come, and hear, and do. Right? The person who comes, the person who hears, And then the person who does. Now, it's interesting as we talk about these things that we talked about this morning, a lot of you are talking about the first part of that, the come and hear. There is something for many of you, remember that crash and burn? Remember that dumpster fire that was your life at one point? 
and you came to hear All those in front of Jesus on this particular day when he taught these things had come to hear. Consider Luke chapter 6 verses 17 and 18. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. People all over the place came to hear. Who came to hear him, right? Who came to hear But what is it that they've come for? Now, I'm not saying that these are bad reasons to come. Keep that in mind. In this particular passage, what does it say they came for? What's the first thing it says? To be healed. There was something broken and they wanted it fixed. That doesn't... I could say that in a snarky way that would sound like, oh, you just came... That, that's true for many of us. We've come to the one, the great fixer. And he is. Some, those who were troubled by an unclean spirit. We don't think of it that way all the time, but you, just troubled. There's no peace anymore. And so whatever it is, these people have come. There's some, them, some reason they came to hear for this. And there's nothing necessarily at all wrong with those motivations. But I want you to think about exactly what Jesus does, though, at the end of his sermon. Let me tell you what this person is like, and let me tell you what this person is like. Let's go back to that. Everyone who comes to me and, and hears and does, let me show you what that person is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. You've probably heard this before, haven't you? And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it. There was no crash and burn because it had been well built. The key important ingredient to this well built Houses, it was built on what? Firm foundation, rock. They dug down deep. Now, I had a video, it's in the computer, I just forgot to put it in the slideshow, of a, in the Negev, where in, in this area in Palestine, they will sometimes have rains up in the mountains. And so it could not, maybe it's not even raining where they're at, and they'll have this rain up in the mountain, and then it will crash through, they have these canyons. And it will crash through this floodwater. It will come crashing through these canyons. And you won't even know it's coming because it wasn't raining where you were at. This is a visual that they would have understood. Luke has three parts. Matthew's part, when Matthew shares this part from Jesus, he just says that the wise man built it on a rock. Foolish man built it on the sand. You've heard that. In fact, you're probably singing it in your head right now. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Right? Who, who went to Sunday school? The wise man built his. I don't know what this. What are we doing? Building. I, I know, but I've never used a tool where I just went like this. I don't. I don't know what that is. I'll have to ask Bill. He probably knows. We got we got some more construction guys in here now. We can. We can ask them. Maybe the stone. Putting this. Oh, they're putting stone. Okay, I don't know. I don't, nobody lets me build stuff. 
Last time I went to build something, my bro- both of my brother-in-laws called somebody and said, you need to get over here and make sure that you... That's no joke, actually. But this person who dug deep on the foundation, on the rock, is the person who did three things. Comes, hears, and does. That's the key. Verse 49. Let's see what the other version is like. I bet the other version is going to be a person who, who doesn't come, doesn't listen, and doesn't do. You think that's what the case is going to be? No. One who hears, so they've come to hear. Didn't have the word coming there, but you kind of have to come to hear because they didn't have smartphones. Hear and does not do. So, so this group that came to him to hear, the ones who hear but don't do, this is what they're like. Like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Crash and burn. I think we need to establish a few things. I really enjoyed my preparation because honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, I, all, I, all, I, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through this text. What's this, what's this saying? Let's just think about what this says. Let's, let's establish a few things. One, we've got to figure out what this thing is. What's the foundation? The rock. What does it mean to build on the foundation or lack of a foundation? Because notice the one house had a foundation, dug down deep, built on a foundation. The other one, he didn't dig deep to put it on a foundation, if you, if you look at the text. I'm actually going to come back to this one at the, at the end. I'm going to do these out of order. Two, what's the building? What's that talking about? In Jesus' illustration, what's the building? What's he talking about, this building that he's building? What is the house? Oh, don't answer yet. I'm not there. I'll go quick. Three. I'm sorry. I did phrase that like a question, didn't I? We're gonna, we need to establish these things. Sorry, we'll go through these. Three, the stream, the flood. I'm going to ask, what is the stream, the flood? Sorry. I should be better. I'm out of practice teaching. You should be used to all those teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Four, what, what do you feel like it is? That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. That's unnecessary. Um. What is, what is the standing house? What does it mean to have a house that stands? And then obviously, what is the ruined crash house? What, what, what are these things meant to illustrate? That's what I want to do. Let's just go through these things. I already told you I'm going to do the, the, the foundation. I'm going to do that at the end. Let's talk about the building. Now I'm asking the question, what's that building? And I think we've already answered. Say, say again what you said. I think it's you. I think faith can be a part of that. It's you. It's your life. It's, it's whatever you're doing in your life. In fact, I, I, I spent about 20 minutes the other day just thinking about trying to list out things. What could this look like or be? It's, it's anything that you're trying to establish in your life. But, I mean, think about what you do. Think about most of what you do in your life is trying to get your life to be a certain way. And I think it's perfectly fitting that my mother-in-law has her ducks in a row shirt on today. She's got the, all the ducks are in a row and underneath it says, Finally. And that's, that's exactly, isn't that most of what you're doing in most of your life? And isn't that what you get most frustrated about when you're getting everything in your life? Okay, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, and this thing's going, and this, and then somebody comes along, and you know, and you're like, ah, and that's the thing that gets you the most upset. Maybe it's short-term things. 
But I mean, think about it. That's what a house is. The house is the thing that you believe will shelter you or comfort you. It's a place that you dwell in to live in. It's a place that you party in. It's a place where you celebrate. It's a place where you mourn. It's a place where you sleep and rest. That's what a house is. It's this thing that you think, this is, this is the thing that I want in my life. Short term, sometimes the thing you're trying to do is just be able to pay some bills by next week. Sometimes it's just get by another day, get through this current trial. There's a flood a coming, and you just want to be able to make it through this next thing. Long term, maybe you're trying to build something, a life, a future, a family, a community, an eternity, and you want it to last. about the stream i think we know what this one is don't we trials hardships right yeah at the just the world and it can take a lot of different way right sometimes sometimes it's health sometimes it's somebody else's health sometimes it's your own health sometimes it's it's uh stupid people lots of stupid people in the world they do stupid things sometimes you're stupid and you do stupid things. It's life. Life is not a warm, peaceful day, is it? I ever want you I have you have one of those where life just seems like a warm, peaceful day. Whether it's actually warm or peaceful outside, it just everything went good today. I had a pretty good day today, right? Every once in a while we have one of those. And you t- you try to convince yourself, this is just all I want every day. What's so wrong with that? Why can't everybody, I just want to feel good every day, everybody do what they're supposed to do, and everything goes smoothly, I just, that's what I want. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And then life goes. <laughs> life is a never-ending series of peaceful days and floods. I, I personally, that's probably been my biggest struggle in life is wanting that so bad and life just has not cooperated with that and for a long time early in my life I, I felt like a like not outwardly but inwardly I was like a, this kid stamping his foot like so sick this. I don't want this is not what I wanted in life the floods are going to come though in fact, you may have had a flood that brought you to this place to come in here. You may have had a flood that brought you to that point where you're like, Lord, and you cried out to him. But you've learned if you've been in this Christian faith long enough, do the floods stop once you, you start coming to church and you start praying? Does God just go, okay, I'm going to just block all the floods? Is that what he does? No. But you ever want him to do that? <laughs> yeah, it feels like it gives you more. Do you ever, is that... You ever want him to do that? Like, that's what you're, isn't that really a lot of times what our prayers boil down to? Like, sometimes it's not, le- well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Not, sometimes it's not where this goes, but it's like, I just don't want the flood. So, I mean, we need to move to the next part. Okay, what's well, a standing house? What? The, it could be the calm, but, but think about it. This is interesting. Think about this. This standing house, when the, flo- the, the floods still come, so is a standing house one that is free of the flood? 
That's keep that in mind. What, what's the standing house? What's that? In some ways, it's 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 an ability to like you've been able to manage it. Although I will say, now I don't want to stretch this illustration beyond where it's at, but I've seen some houses that have been able to manage it, and you look at them, you're like, how? <laughs> like they're on. Like, have you ever seen, like, in jungles, and they have these bamboo pole houses, and you're like, what? It looks like a stiff wind is going to knock that thing over, and somehow, and I've seen, there's some houses in Danville, you're like, how are they managing? It didn't even need a flood. I'm like, how in the world is this thing still standing? Mm. Oh, that's good. The, the collapse is not going to happen. A standing house, right, is the one that's like in the middle of that flood. And it's, you know, maybe some shingles are falling off. That's good. I like that, right? There, but it, 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 it does, yeah, there's the things that need to last, last. If the house you're building is just people, They're going to die. If the house you're building is money, it doesn't really bring any comfort or shelter, does it? I think we could talk about the house, what kind of house we're building, what we really want to build. But this parable isn't focused on that. It's focused on the foundation, where you start. Houses that endure, I think, are those houses that, and, and to give you some examples, you've met a person that's gone through it all, and they show up at church, and you're waiting for them to break into a pile, but instead they're going, I just want to thank the Lord for another good week. He's kept me through this trial as well. And all of us sand foundations look at that and we go, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> no. There's something wrong with you because the house that stands, that's what it, lo it looks like the one that in the middle of the pit with joy because God is good. That is a house that stands. So then what is that ruined crashed house? Well, I think we heard some of those this morning, did we not? It's a house that doesn't make it, doesn't last. If you look at the text, it said it was immediate right away when the flood came. <laughs> doesn't have any true lasting ability. It's a crashed house. The trial comes... And you fall apart. It's interesting when you start delving into this a little bit. There are many who would, would think, I've got it all together. I've got, got all this. I've got this. I've got this. But let's be honest. If every single time the flood comes, your life crashes, you are not built on a foundation that's a rock. If every single time, if you're like, I'm doing fine when everything's fine, 
this message is for you. What you need is not, you don't need better walls and a better roof. You need a better foundation. That's what you need. A wrecked life. Many of you have seen a fully crashed house. I appreciate you guys' honesty in some of these things, especially you guys talking about li- uh, that life of addiction. That was a, it was a wreck. There's people who live lives of broken relationship or grudges. There's people who have life without hope. They've destroyed, ev- they've burnt every bridge for every family member they've ever had, and they're all alone. Their life is a wreck. But the ultimate wreck, I think, and Matthew's version of this kind of leans into this, the ul- there's an ultimate wreck that when that house, that ruin is great, there's an ultimate wreck at the end of your life. If it does not stand through that, that's the ultimate ruin of the house. I want to come back then to the foundation because, see, I could just land there for a little bit. And, but I think you guys are all going, I know what that's like. Let's, let's talk now about what actually the foundation is. This is very important. The foundation is not just come and hear. It is not just a foundation that is built on Christian principles or teaching. It is not just a foundation that is just about having all the right Christian beliefs. It's not built on Christian ideas or ideals. Those are all very important things. That's the come and hear. There are things that are built on Christian ideas, ideals, or principles that crumble all the time. I'll give you an example. Our country is, I absolutely believe it is built on Christian principles, Christian ideas and ideals, things that are rooted in scriptural thoughts and Christian history and heritage. But this text does not say that the foundation is Christian ideas or beliefs or principles. There are families and marriages that are built on Christian principles and ideas that still crumble. And that's not what this passage is saying. It didn't say if you have all the right ideas, it'll last. It said something different, didn't it? In this passage, what was it? Come and hear and what? Do. The foundation is not the come and hear collect it all in my head, I know all the right things. The foundation is come and hear and do. I was talking with Charity this morning, and we talked about how often we've had just different counseling situations where you'll have somebody that they, they come and they hear, and you counsel, 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 and finally you're like, you're like they're not doing anything I told you to do. <laughs> And, and they can't figure out why their, their life is still this wrecked house. And I think that this text captures exactly why. The foundation is not come and hear and know. The foundation is come and hear and do. If you think you have a solid life that will endure but you don't. And let's, let's fill in some blanks here just with this text. What are some things that Jesus has told us to do in this text? I'll give you a couple, but then I want you guys to pitch in. You guys have been doing great with pitching in today. Come in here and do. 
to build a foundation. You think you got a nice, solid rock foundation because you know who Jesus is? You're coming to church? Those are some great steps, but what about your enemies? Do you love your enemies? He said it for all of us. Right? If, if you think you have a solid rock foundation, but you don't love your enemies, then you're not doing... You came and heard. You heard that. You all did. If you missed all those other sermons, I reread it today. You heard it again. You heard Jesus said, love your enemies. That's what he said. He, you came. You heard. The question is, if you want a house that will stand, you will do. That's what... How, how does someone get a solid foundation that... In, in Luke, he said they dig deep to find the rock. So they're getting rid of all the debris to find something solid. I'm going to start on that thing right there. That, digging deep, finding a rock, is the only way you do that in your life is when you come and hear and then do. So I heard, that's what he said, now I'm going to do it. Not, I'm going to think about doing it. Not, I wish I could do it. Do it. Just do it. Well, I don't know how. Just start trying. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, loving your enemies, this is a great example to build off of. Because I don't know what loving my enemies looks like. You're going to figure it out, okay? Maybe you go, maybe you go, I don't know what that looks like. And so the first enemy you see, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a hug. Okay, that may not be the right way to love that particular enemy. That may not be, you go, they just need a hug. Maybe they don't. Maybe that's not what they need. <laughs> maybe they need you to stay away. I don't know. How do you love you start going, well, i got to get to know this. What, what's this person about? How do I love them? You'll figure it out. Don't overcomplicate it. Another one, generosity. Did you hear generosity in this text? Give, not expecting to get back. Did you hear the one where it said, and if somebody takes your stuff, what you're supposed to do? Get it back? Is that what it said? <laughs> You've heard it said, an eye for an eye. But I tell you what, Jesus says, but I tell you what, love your enemies. Do good. Let's hear it. Let's gonna give a couple others. Do good to people who hate you. God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. I'll take care of that stuff. You do this. Do good to people who hate you. They hate you? Do good to them. Only loving those who love you, is that something that Jesus told you to do? In fact, in this text, didn't he say, those who only love those who love you, you're no different than anybody else. Okay, get your Bibles out. Re scan through there. What, what are some other things that... In this text, you could do. Yeah. Mm. Mm. See, in your sin is the beam, there's the respect. Johnny said the judging. Right? Don't do it. Right? Mm. Mm. 
isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a life that's built on this, though. Suddenly, new things come along and crash, and you're not going, falling over again. And it comes from doing what Jesus said. That's honestly, that's what this text is. That's all it says. You come and you hear, now go do it. And if you do, you're going to be like a guy who builds his house on a foundation. If you don't, you're going to be like a guy who builds his house on the sand. That's it. What are some other things in this text to do? Oh, realizing you're blessed when everything, and we'll say it the way he said it. Realizing you're blessed when everything goes to crap. Right? Oh wait, I'm blessed. Blessed are you when this. Blessed are you when. Blessed are you. Good. I did not have that in my list. That's really good. Anybody else? Be merciful, right? There's a te- be merciful even as your father is merciful. Be merciful. Anybody else? Scan through there. There's a few that I, I haven't heard yet. Mourn. Mm. Blessed are you who mourn. There's there's a place for that isn't there a house built on a foundation is going to include some mourning if you think no the house i want has nothing sad ever you're building your house on the sand and it's going to come crashing down and some of you know the thing you know the thing i love about this i was thinking about this this morning the thing i love about this is this is one of those texts that you sit there and you go i know this is true because i've had this happen just when I think my life is all steady, and then, then a trial comes along, it crashes down. What happened? What happened? I mean, that's, that happens to us all the time, does it not? Anybody else? Grateful. Ooh, just being grateful. Grateful for things. What else in, in this? Yeah, because we get, yeah, I'm focusing on this text, but what happens when you start focusing on other things that Jesus taught us to do? I think that one of the most important things I say all the time, and I, 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 I don't mind repeating this one, whatever it is that you know to do, start there. There's some things you don't know. There's a whole world of things you don't know. So this morning, when you're, if you came to Sunday school, you're hearing about the Trinity, like, I don't know, right? But what do you know? Well, here's some right here loving your enemies you know what that means you know what that could look like at least potentially start there all the stuff you're trying to figure out well how when god's ready to open your mind and help you understand how to do those things he's gonna open those eyes right you'll see i guess the question we have to end with is are you really on the rock christ jesus see that 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 sounds like a, a great thing to say my life is built on the rock But according to this text and what Jesus taught, building your life on the rock does not mean that you just came and heard and know who he is. It's that you came and you heard and then you started doing what he said. That's what building your life on the rock Christ Jesus is. And if you want to build anything in this life, if you want to start digging down deep and getting on the foundation, that's how you do it.
You hear, you come, you hear, and then you just start to do. I think some come in here but don't because we recognize it's a cost. Who in this room would like to hire a construction worker to build your house that is going to cut all the corners to make it cheaper? Anybody in here want to hire that guy? I'm going to cut every corner that there is. Some of you are thinking, maybe. No, no, think about it. Hey, how are you gonna, what do you think about it when you get later on, like a year down the road, and you realize, this isn't even a, there's no foundation on this house. He didn't even build the foundation. I mean, you really, is that what you want? No. There could be a cost. In Luke, Jesus describes it as you got to dig down to that rock. Some of you, it looks like dying to self. And it feels like dying to self. Are you ready to dig down deep, though? You want to have a house that's going to last. Many come and hear and walk away. Here's the hard truth. If there's something that Jesus says to do and you don't do it, that thing, whatever it is, that thing is what you actually believe will give you a strong foundation and not Jesus. I'm going to say that again. If there's something that Jesus says to do and you don't do it, I'm not going to do that. That thing that you don't want to do, that thing, whatever that is, that you choose instead of doing what Jesus says, that, that action, that behavior, that attitude, whatever it is, that's the thing you actually believe will give you a strong foundation and not Jesus. Because if you believed in Jesus, you would do what he said. Why do you call me Lord if you don't do what I say? Application this week. Y'all came. Most of you heard. Hearing aids were turned up. Okay, good. Heard? Now the call is simple. Do. I have to throw in one extra thing. What I think is one of the, we're talking about the Trinity this morning. What I think is one of the most amazing things about God is that when I just said that do, I, I, I know that the Spirit on many of you, when I said the word, like the word do, all I said was do. But in your, in your heads, the Spirit said something more specific. Come and hear and do. And when I said that, again, the Spirit just went, you know what he's talking about. And it, it could be something different for every single person in this room. Some little different aspect of something Jesus taught that you've been holding out on. Isn't that amazing? That the Spirit of God would deliver not just Matt's words on the airwaves of, you know, sound into your ears, but the Spirit then goes, ooh, I'm going to take this now. He said, do. Ooh, this is what it means. And with that still small voice, he says, that means you love your enemy and they may even he may even tell you the name that is amazing what a good god we serve i'm going to pray to close us up we're going to be dismissed i know we have a cookout to go to i'm going to ask trinity questions of paul if you're here this morning he said you guys are going to ask me 
but let's pray. And I'm going to pray specifically that as you go out these doors, that you won't be a forgetful hearer, but a purposeful doer of the word. So, so you, because it's going to be easy. You can forget whatever the Spirit told you. You could forget it before you get to those doors. You can forget it before you get to those doors. You can forget it before I'm done praying. In fact, some of you already forgot it because you don't want to remember it. I don't want to think about it. I'm going to pray that God would just let you, one thing happen. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. I'm changing my prayer. I'm going to pray that all, he, that all he does is just from now till the end of the day today, he's just going to keep reminding you all day. I'm going to pray you can't forget what Jesus taught that he wants you to do this week. That's what I'm going to pray for. You guys okay with that? All right, let's pray it. Dear God, I just want to ask now that you would, in each of our hearts, is, Lord, whatever that teaching is, whatever the thing is that you are calling us to do, and Lord, I know it could be because of your amazing ability to, to know each one of us in the depths of our being. You know us. Lord, I pray that whatever that thing is that you're calling us to do, that you won't let us forget today. Just don't let us forget it. Lord, obviously we're going to pray, help us to do it. But Lord, right now I'm just going to pray. Don't let us forget what you're calling us to do this week. I pray this in the name of Jesus, who came to this earth, died on the cross for our sins, took the penalty of all of our self made Christ houses. He died on the cross and is offering us redemption through his blood. Lord, in his name, I pray these things. Amen.